Welcome to the Clothing Room Podcast. Clothing Room has a mission to be the global technology platform for luxury fashion. On this podcast, you'll be connecting with emergent designers and influencers all around the world. Follow us on Instagram at clothingroom.mtl for fashion tips and to be notified when a new podcast goes live. Feel free to check out our website at clothingroom.ca for blogs and designer interviews. We hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you for listening. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, doing well. Yourself? Doing good, man. Doing good. How'd the surgery go? Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, I literally woke up and they'll they'll just tell me random things. So they told me apparently it was unsuccessful. Uh, That was the first thing I heard. Um, But it was just because they they had to put a screw into my wrist. and then they'd said the, the actual screw that they'd put in was a bit too big. So they tried to remove it and put a smaller one in, but they were unsuccessful with it. So they just left it in. So the big one's still in there. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> That's crazy. So like, it's like, so are you going to have like proper mobility and stuff afterwards? Like I want to build up or what's going to happen now? Uh, so what they've told me is uh, I should be, um, I should be okay after three months so i'm not allowed to play any sports or anything like that no gym until the three months is up um and i should be changing into a changing from the cast into a brace um by next week but yeah at this point i still haven't been contacted by my doctor yet i'm just pretty much waiting for some information regarding that crazy stuff man and you're yeah. is that correct sorry your name is muse is that correct yes so i'm saying this is uh matthew all right. Good to meet you, man. Good to meet you. You too. Yeah. What happened with your, like, what's wrong with your wrist? If you don't mind? I'm curious. Uh, so I was playing basketball and I'd fallen onto my, put all my weight onto my wrist as I was coming down. Uh, um, but I, I thought of it, I thought it was just a sprain. So I wasn't, you know, really, I didn't really, you know, think it was too much of an issue down the track. Um, when I was going to the gym, it started to hurt a little bit more. So, um, eventually I went to my GP and they, they'd said, yeah, you're going to have to get a scan after that found out it was fractured. Um, then they've referred me to the, to a hospital, which referred me to another hospital, did another scan. And then, yeah, I ended up getting surgery on it. Crazy stuff, man. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for time. I know it's crazy COVID and stuff, and I know you're recovering surgery. So like, thank you guys for taking the time. No stress, it's our pleasure. Uh, do you have any? Que- do you guys have any questions for me before we get started? Or, um, if you have any questions, no, 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 no I'm questions. happy to just get right into it. Awesome. So I'm thinking like, we'll I'll, we'll keep it sort of structured just to begin, and then like if someone asks like a question in the in the chat, I'll I'll pose that question, to you guys, and then we'll sort of just run it there, I guess. Yeah, sure yeah. thing. Yeah, that'd be great. You guys, can you guys see the questions from the chat? Or, like the- uh, so I can see. Oh. Uh, I can see the comments from from people, but yeah, that's, that's about it. I, I don't think there's any really any questions there. I see, I've seen somebody that asked if it was unisex, um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if, if anyone's listening, just answer the questions in the like where it says add a comment, and then we both can see it, and then it's just gonna it's just gonna run easier because I'm bad at Instagram lives. I usually miss questions, so I'm trying to get better, but we'll. <laughs> make it a little bit easier for all of us. Easy as. Awesome. So a bit of a basic question here to start. So where did the name of the brand come from? 
Uh, it's a good question. Um, so the first part of Solace um, will be answered in our next project. Uh, so that is already a, a factor which we're expressing through our garments um, and it will be answered within our next project. It saves me like spending a while trying to explain it but essentially what it is it's a it's a spectrum between um happiness and misery and so solace is just right directly in the middle uh which i like to say is in equilibrium um and this whole like spectrum situation is a theory so that's where the name theory comes from our name was originally solace clo um but we actually changed it to solace theory because at the end of the day we do not want to define ourselves as a clothing clothing brand um, and essentially it is nothing more than a theory at the end of the day. Um, so when people were asking us, you know, what was the change up between, you know, Solace Clo and Solace Theory, that is pretty much what I've been, you know, answering because our, our motto is, you know, to be defined is to be limited. And so if we call ourselves a clothing brand, then essentially we've pretty much defined ourselves. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess the best way to put it, um, within our next project, we will be dwelling uh, a lot deeper into the idea of um, our, you know, theory within that, you know, we, I guess, utilize in, in life. Um, but that is, you know, obviously going to come after our phases project is complete. Amazing. I'm excited to see it, man. I'm really excited to see it. I love your guys' brand. I don't mean to like, you guys up too much, but like, I really love you guys' brand. You guys are doing interesting stuff, definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah. But like, how did you both get interested in fashion then? Um, that's a good question. So Matt is actually on the business end of things. Um, he's not exactly that fund of, of fashion. Uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> I don't really have on any brands. So <laughs> Matt, Matt's really good in regards to um, the business end of things as well as the communications. Um, so he handles all the, uh, yeah, pretty much all the business operations regarding the brand, um, which is something I, you know, even though studying business, I prefer to, to stick to the creative side of things. Um, but me personally, when it, it comes to fashion, I mean, I've, I've always really been into, into fashion, um, going through different stages in my life where my aesthetics has like really changed. Um, but it, it started to get a little bit more serious as I got older and um, eventually got to a stage where I you know, form my own opinions and started to, to really take things a bit more seriously. Um, and was just really inspired by my surroundings. And, you know, that's what's helped, you know, conclude Solace as, as a, um, as a brand itself. Interesting. Like how is like, yeah, you mentioned that like, it's, it's from your environment as well. So how is the environment of like, where you guys are, you guys are in Perth, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Perth, Australia. Yeah. So how is that like, how is that environment sort of shaped like, your interest in clothing and stuff? Because I find stories like that very interesting. Um, well, honestly, the, the fashion um, in Perth is, is oh, it's a little dated, I guess. Uh, you can say it's, it's definitely different. Um, having gone for, through uh, numerous stages uh, within fashion, you know, we, we had a stage of obviously being um, relatively hipster, I guess. Um, and then transitioning to uh, things to a lot of brand uh, to a lot of people, you know, delving to you know Rick Owens, Ralph Simmons, um, and then going into that kind of route. Nowadays, it's, it's really become a very. Um, it took quite a while, but everybody's very inspired by vintage garments now, um, which is going, which has become quite quite big um, in the I guess Perth atmosphere. 
Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really difficult to kind of answer that question, but, um, you just really, you know, gravitate to, to, to your surroundings and it, it's, yeah, it's just too difficult to kind of answer that question, but it's, yeah, it's pretty much just looking around, um, and being inspired and being inspired by the environment that we're in. Awesome. Got a couple questions here. Um, how did you guys meet? We went to, we actually went to high school together. Um, awesome. so Matt, when I was, when we just started yeah. high school, yeah, you're right. Um, we both went to St. Norbert's, uh, and Matt was always the guy who would sell me things. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was very like business oriented and I like just bought so many things from him from iPods to, you know, to lollies, food, et cetera, et cetera. He's always had something, you know, in his bag that, you know, he's trying to sell. Um, and I guess we, we built a relationship from there. He ended up moving to a different high school um, when it reached year 11, 12. Uh, but we always had that connection. Um, and then when I came up with the idea that I did want to, um, you know, start a brand, I, I contacted him and uh, another partner called Carlo. And pretty much that's how we kind of formed. Uh, and he, he was, you know, very, he's just always been a very optimistic person as well. Um, and so I just knew he was definitely the guy I, I would want to, to meet up with. Amazing. So Matthew, about the iPods that you sold him, they're all real, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's an aliexpress type stuff man i wasn't an aliexpress but that's a long, long story <laughs> uh probably don't want to dwell into it now <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah it was it was multiple ipods as well it wasn't just the yeah. one he, he'd sold me um i think it was like the fourth gen fifth the and sixth gen yeah yeah, he, yeah. I remember he um he sold me the the iPod Nano which um was like a touchscreen little little yeah. square, square it, was a, it was a square one and yeah. I remember um he was trying to he was trying to sell it to me and he was like explaining that it could it could pretty much turn into a watch um it was it was an, it was <laughs> cuz it was a square it was a square iPod and eventually um I actually found an attachment which turned it into a watch um, and so it would attach, attach my wrist and, um, before the iPod, the iWatch actually iWatch. came out or the Apple watch, um, I was already in yeah year 11 or year 12, you know, walking around with a, an iPod attached to my wrist and, you know, everybody would be asking like, did you get the new, like Apple watch or whatever? Like that's, it hasn't even been created at the time. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, it was something that I would never have thought of if he hadn't actually, you know, given me that, that small idea, I guess, but. Yeah, the guy could really sell water to a well. <laughs> oh, Crazy stuff. Yeah. So Matthew, like, what's sort of the differences between like, like working on like a clothing brand versus like I'm not sure what your other ventures are, but like, what are the, some of the differences in working on a clothing brand versus like more of a general business setting kind of Ooh. thing? Like a brand is totally different because especially how we have to source. Uh, source different products from different manufacturers then you have to start dealing with the price shipping cost of that coming in the price of getting that sewn and cut so there's just a lot of more variables in terms of just buying something and selling it at a different price and especially since we have to like control everything that we do it just it's much more difficult that's for sure and it just involves more time and effort and uh 
yeah, <laughs> just hundred very more difficult than uh, buying something and sending. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you guys started the brand, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, for you, Matthew, you you, you thought it was gonna be sort of similar to like what like experience that you've had already. So, like, what's some what what's one of like one experience that sort of stands out as like, whoa, I wasn't really ready for this. In Dawn Solace? Yes. Yeah. Oh, negotiating, I would say. <laughs> I come across probably a little bit too nice, and uh, <laughs> you learn from your lesson that sometimes you get taken advantage of sometimes. <laughs> but you learn, you know, you know how to communicate with people and you overcome it. So I would say negotiating and yeah. Awesome. So just from like manufacturers and like factories and like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Local to international, trying to get the best cost. Awesome. Yeah. So like kind of another kind of a basic question, but like, why did you end up starting a brand like of your own? Cause that, that's, that's a big venture. I've spoken to a bunch of like brand, like, like people who've started their own brands and it's like, a, it's a lot of work. So like, what, what was the sort of motivation behind that? Um, so pretty much, uh, I'd, I'd been studying at, um, at university and I'd spend late nights in, in the library and I noticed, you know, there'd probably be about three, four people would be in the silent room with me. Um, I'd just be contemplating whether it's worth it. And I'd just be asking myself, like I'm working till 2am trying to get this assignment done to get a decent grade just to graduate and, you know, for the chance to work for somebody else, which is not even guaranteed. So I'd be working for somebody else and help them achieve their dreams. When in reality, I could put those same efforts into my own dreams in itself, I guess. Um, and I, I thought to myself, you know, what is it that I'm spending most of my time doing? And it's, you know, looking for looking online at, you know, certain brands, um, trying to, I guess, uh, uh, what would I, how would I word it? I, I guess I'd always try to expand my horizon regarding, you know, different garments. Um, and I'd always have something I'd want to change. So anything I'd buy, there'd always be, always be something small that I'd want change, whether it be, you know, the neckline would be a little bit tighter or um, I'd want things to drape a little bit different. I'd want the fabric to be a little heavier. I don't want it to crease as much, et cetera, et cetera. And it just got to a point where it was like, maybe I can do things a little bit better. Um, or maybe I can do things my own way. Um, so essentially, you know, it just got to a point where it was like, look, I'm going to make these garments. Um, and essentially it would just be my own closet. And, you know, if I can sell it, I can sell it. If I can't, it, I can't at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, what's going to be straight, staying true to myself. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what was really the plan. And it just got bigger and bigger as, as we were going into it. And, you know, I guess we're still relatively small and we're still kind of growing and learning from, um, from our mistakes because, you know, when I originally come to the, uh, given the idea to Matt and to Carlo, it was, look, this is how things are going to go. And then little did we know it's, it really went in a completely different direction. And, you know, it, we learned so many things and it was, um, it's very, very time consuming, very like, you just pretty much got to expect the unexpected. And it's, um, it's not for the faint hearted, like yeah, you really got to, you know, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to be, you know, eating, 
trash for for quite some time just before you you know you get that last sample which is you know cost you so much money but you're just happy that it turned out the way it turned out and um yeah i guess that's that's pretty much what's brought me to this point at um for now yeah awesome so sort of like speaking of like expecting the unexpected how has the pandemic like affected like production how did you sort of overcome those issues like from both of you <laughs> oh man the, the pandemic was bittersweet um so because we get all of our stuff manufactured here locally um it was not an issue because perth barely had any cases um like our government was was quite you know quite proactive. proactive with the with the pandemic so that was okay um the only issue is so when we had our samples done like we get our samples done uh, local um who also does our our production as well and um that ended up being a breeze because a lot of the big time um, brands that are working with the same manufacturer as us had to pause all their orders because they couldn't like you know stores were being shut down and they weren't sure when the next you know um season was going to be available etc cetera, etc cetera, what was going on so whilst they were paused we were you know, bringing in more work for, for our, um, for our samples. The only issue was, uh, we get our laundry done in Eastern States in Melbourne. So all, our, all of our denim, all of our, um, washing. yeah, pretty much our washing. So all our pigment washes, um, enzyme washes, silicon washes, et cetera, et cetera, is done in Melbourne. And that's where the pandemic hit them like a few times. And that really hurt us a lot because it slowed down our production for our, um, for our denim collection for phase two. Um, so I remember, you know, the pandemic hit, then things were starting to get better. And then um, it hit again over there. So they went to lockdown again. And a lot of the, um, so the manufacturer for our denim had to pretty much shut down their business. Uh, they requested permits to, to still work and apparently it just didn't get through whereas our actual laundry system were able to get through so they were able to get some of our laundry done our samples were sorted sent them back and then yeah it, it really took literally sorry guys we're back <laughs> yeah. all right i didn't catch your last point you were saying like the laundry was happening in melbourne i didn't catch your what you were saying after that uh yeah so pretty much after uh, yeah i'm not sure when it when it cut okay so um so our laundry in melbourne ended up taking so the whole system ended up taking us about six to, to nine months to actually get our production for, for our denim collection complete um and then yeah and then there was issues with our buttons as well because we we're using uh cobrax buttons for those um and our manufacturer had never worked with them before so we had issues with that um which then you know we ended up having to to do ourselves so we had to pretty much grab this and start actually um manually, manually putting all our buttons in um which was yeah very very time consuming um but yeah uh it was it was very difficult with with the pandemic again we had you know upsides and downsides to the situation and um it really you know humbled us quite a lot because at the end of the day, you know, things didn't turn out the way we wanted them to, but like you live and you learn really. hundred percent. 
Yeah, not to get too deep, but like, has it affected you both like personally in terms of like workflow and like at the productivity, that sort of thing? And how to overcome those issues as well? Do you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, go ahead. With the pandemic. Yeah. Mm, I wouldn't really say so because, yeah, we we probably only went on a deep lockdown for like three weeks. A couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, so we, we never really experienced any harsh lockdown that uh, last couple months. So I don't really... It didn't really affect me personally. Yeah, neither, neither for, neither did it for me as well. Um, it, it for us, it wasn't. We weren't really in lockdown for too long, at least in Perth. Um, so the situation wasn't as bad. Uh, personally, I don't think I had many issues. Um, you know, just spent a lot of time at home with the with the family, um, which was which was fine. Um, so I really didn't have much to complain about. I'm still working, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. Definitely, yeah. I don't know, like the, it's been pretty. Like I, I'm in Toronto, right? It's been pretty, been pretty rough here. We've been in lockdown since like it's like December or January, so like quite a long time. And like we're slowly like opening up now. Like vaccine centers are opening up here finally, but there's all this news about like oh third wave and stuff because like all the variants and stuff now. So like it's just the whole mess. I don't know when we're gonna get out of it, but. I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. So, so, are like all your stores all shut down at the moment, and like, what what kind of phase are you in in regards to your lockdown? Everything opened up, like not everything, but like majority of things opened up. We're at like fifty percent capacity, I believe, at like more like grocery stores and like that sort of thing. Malls are malls are open now. Since so, yeah, it's pretty much just that. I, I'm I'm thinking we're gonna go back into lockdown, and then everything's gonna be hopefully back to normal in like July or something. It's gonna be rough. Like our government's not handling it very well. Oh, yeah. But also, I know nothing about running a country. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Do either of you have any advice for any like up and coming brand to like kind of like to do well in the industry? From your first. Um... I mean, my advice would pretty much be, yeah, really expect the unexpected. Um, understand it's going to take up a lot of your time. It's going to mess with your mental health. Um, just always remember to be persistent, you know, um, be patient as well. Uh, things aren't just going to fall in your lap instantly. Um, you're going to have to go through, you know, a lot of hardships before you reach any form of, you know, success. Um, really humble yourself as well um just remember you you're not like the world doesn't revolve around you i guess um so understand that yeah you you're gonna have to pay your dues a lot of a lot of the time um uh what else would you would you say uh make sure you're always asking questions as well um because everybody is uh, well, not everybody, but most people are always trying to help as well. Um, so when you're dealing with manufacturers, uh, like our patent maker has helped us a lot regarding finding manufacturers because Perth alone is a, is a dying field in regards to the fashion um, garment industry, I guess. Um, so when trying to find a manufacturer, it was it was near impossible, super, super difficult. You're either looking at, you know, going overseas or um, going to uh like going to eastern states etc cetera, etc cetera. so um i mean I, i'd say yeah like really do your best to, to ask questions put yourself out there don't feel as if you need to act as 
act like you know everything because at the end of the day, nobody really does. Um, but what would you add to that? Yeah, asking questions. That's you already said that, but that's very important because you will learn more. Just things that you never knew they existed, and you the people that you'll find across the road that help you. It's really worth it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Tell me a little bit about like, the design process, like from like you sketch of like an item. I assume that's how you. I, I assume that's how fashion design starts. But then like all the sampling and all that sort of thing, like one of the items that's out right now, maybe. Um. So pretty much how ours works is usually I'd, I'd sketch up um exactly what I want. Um. I'd usually go to Matt. You know, let him know what, uh, what I've been doing. And then straight from there, I'd go straight to my patent maker and would set up a meeting, um, explain exactly what it is we're looking for, uh, utilize different samples um, to show specific parts um, in the form of, you know, either images. Um, I sometimes would have my own specific, like, piece I'd already have on me and I'd want a certain element from that. Um, go straight from the patent maker, have the patent all, all made, and then pretty much oh sorry before that actually you do we, we'd actually go through um our fabric uh distributors so we get most of our fabric from either italy or japan um we were originally we got our first phase um fabrics from a mill over in melbourne um but they were quite limited so then we ended up moving we ended up going to a um, convention in paris called premier vision and from there, we got a lot of networking, a lot of um, different manufacturers of fabrics, which to this day have been very, very helpful. Um, and so we've utilized a lot of, you know, a lot of that globalization um, to, to handle our, our, our most recent products. So we, you know, get in touch with them, explain, look, this is what we're looking for in regards to fabrics, have that fabric sent in um, to create samples. And then as soon as we've gotten our pattern all done, we'll get it all cut up, um, sewn, see what the sample is looking like and then make changes from there and then that's pretty much what we do for each um for each product really amazing i don't know like from all these interviews i've done i was shocked to like find out how involved the sampling process was i thought it's like maybe like you catch something up you get something that's like okay this is decent but like i want to fix like one or two things and then it's perfect but there's like so many stages it's so interesting Mm. coming like before because obviously when when we started we actually had no idea what we were doing so in my mind you sketch it up you send it to a product uh, to a manufacturer and they'll pretty much do everything but we actually found out that the hard way like it's a step-by-step -step process and it um it really really takes a long time like uh especially finding fabric finding the exact fabric that you're looking for is is super difficult because when you when you're not i guess when you haven't done your own research prior you don't know what you're looking for um but as you as you're going you end up finding out um a lot of information you do a lot of research and from there you your grammar and the the, the way you'd word things are, are become a lot more proficient and eventually people the, the manufacturers will start to understand you a lot better and you know um you get to a stage where things become a lot easier and you know exactly what you want you know what weight you're looking for you know how you want things to kind of um fall or you know drape etc cetera, etc cetera. and um these are all you know parts that you got to kind of be mindful of when you do your first sample because each pattern is going to you know fit differently 
dependent on the fabric that you're using. And so if you're using two different fabrics for uh, a specific pattern, they're not going to end up turning out the same. And so you're going to have to make different changes every time you change your fabric, um, which is something we've, you know, I guess, <laughs> um, had issues with in the past. And, you know, there's been garments where we've had to go through at least 20 different samples for just to perfect it. And it, it costs a lot of money. But, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when it turns out the way we want it to turn out, it's, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. 100%. What are some current, what are some current, even like past brands, like inspire you guys? Uh, for me personally, um, I guess my biggest inspirations would be, um, uh, Kirby from PMOS. He's a, he's a pretty big inspiration for me. Um, Jerry Lorenzo for fear of God. Um, Teddy from Emily on door. That's a, that's a pretty big one as well. Um, you know, delving into to Rick Owens for, for quite some time is, is quite quite big there. And then Hyder Ackerman is definitely a, a, a big one for me as well. Um, just looking into, like, just learning about their stories as well as looking at the design and their aesthetics has, has inspired me quite a lot. Um, but, yeah, I'd say those ones are probably my main, main um, inspirations regarding what I at least like in regards to aesthetics. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. It's kind of a hot topic right now. Like I think it was about a month ago. But like, what are your thoughts about like the whole Hyder Rocker thing that they did? I'm sure you've been asked this before, but yeah. Um, I honestly regret not um getting any pieces from it. Um, even though the pieces were you know were, were relatively expensive, it was. I'm kind of a little bit on the fence with it because part of me is kind of like for those who did have the pieces um, prior who, you know, um, bought the pieces prior to, you know, I don't know if, if some people were, were buying it because certain celebrities were wearing it, such as Kanye or, you know, ASAP Rocky, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it, in a way kind of devalued it, but at the same time, it's, you know, I'm happy for those who were able to get the pieces that were grails that they couldn't afford because they skyrocketed in prices due to, you know, high demand, low supply. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really on the fence because today I'm not a hundred percent sure if, if they're, if it's. I know that the certain details were i believe they they still use rakani zippers on the on the jackets um which was which was great um but in regards to where they were manufactured i i don't know the specifics um but i think it was a great opportunity for those who, who missed out the first time to to you know get a piece themselves 100 percent. yeah it's definitely what about yourself how did you feel sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh sorry um how did you feel about it I, I wasn't like I kind of got into fashion like pretty late so kind of after the first wave and like a little bit before the first like the second the second wave of like Hyder Ackerman's popularity like I don't really I don't really have too much to say I'm just I don't know I don't have too much to say I'm not I'm really too educated on the topic so. mm. um oh I just lost my train of thought um what can we sort of expect to see, what can we sort of expect to see from you guys in the coming months uh so a, a bit of a sneak peek um so after phase two once phase two is closed um and we've completed it uh so i mean 
I guess we might as well mention we're, we're going to be going into our denim wear for our next uh, for volume two, and then volume three we'll we'll go through our um, our flannels as well as our our cargo um, fits. But right after that, for phase three, we're going to be focusing mainly on athleisure. Um, so we've already uh, finalized our sketch regarding that. It's just moving on to um, samples for our, our athleisure line, um, and that will pretty much wrap up wrap up our phases collection, um, or at least our phases project. Um, and then we'll be moving towards our uh, next overall project, I guess. Amazing. Um, but yeah, right now we're just we're really focusing on um, athleisure and trying to put our own luxury twist on it. Um, but yeah, amazing. I'm excited to see it. I, I said it before. I'm excited to see it, man. I, I, I like athleisure stuff. It's what I usually wear like most of like nine days, like nine days out of ten, five like mm. six days out of seven. So yeah, I'm excited to see it definitely. Um, that's pretty much all the questions I have here. Uh, we can take some questions from the from the audience if anyone has any. Let me just look around. Yeah. Would you have your clothing in retail stores in Canada? Like hmm. um, we've been approached regarding um, stock listing in uh, a couple of stores. It's just, I mean, at this stage, we're not really working with a um, fashion calendar. Um, so it's, it's, pretty difficult trying to create our line sheets and um things of that nature so at this point in time we're, we're not really setting our sights on to going into retail stores really um maybe in the future potentially but at this stage where we prefer to keep things just consumer to consumer more so than consumer to business uh it's just a lot easier on our end it um takes a lot of stress on releasing things at a specific time because really, you know, it releases when, when it's ready more so than, um, you know, following a release calendar, um, or a fashion calendar, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a question that Matt does ask quite a lot because he's obviously a lot more business minded than I am. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I prefer having more control regarding how we release it than, um, as well as pricing, because when we when we're pricing it while selling sending it to a retail store, then we got to kind of think of it in that spectrum. So, you know, um, how much are we going to be selling selling it to the you know the stock list to um, for? How much are we selling it to consumers, et cetera, et cetera? It's a lot easier if we can just figure out our price from our from our cost price and then give a consumer um, a price from there. But I don't know. Maybe in the future, um, Matt might convince me but at this stage we're yeah we're, we're we're a little bit more comfortable going consumer to consumer uh sorry from business to consumer than business to business 100 percent. where do you both see the brand in like a few years time so let's say like in by 2023 where do you see the brand just to like put a date on it that's a good question um honestly wherever god takes us really it's it's <laughs> it's out of our control at this point um we just put in the work and we'll see the results yeah really like we we have our own uh, milestones i guess that we we keep close to ourselves um but i i really can't say exactly where we're going to be in the next two three years um only god knows at this point um yeah that's that's as much as i can really say like um 
we we can't really get ahead of ourselves and and start to say oh you know we want to be top we want to be in this certain store or we want to be you know having this celebrity wearing our garments etc cetera, etc cetera. at the end of the day our success comes from um our own personal um milestones i guess and and so far we've been we've been hitting our targets so um we're, we're quite proud of that amazing matt do you think you do you think you will have convinced muse to run on a fashion calendar by then or what do you think <laughs> if all goes well yeah <laughs> awesome awesome let me see did i miss any questions here yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it honestly anything else you guys want to like anything else you guys want to plug or anything else you guys want to share about like the company or about yourselves even um you got anything you'd like to share uh, nothing nothing really i mean whilst we got you here we might as well ask questions about yourself like sure. what made that clothing room and you know what's brought you here um so i i, I didn't start clothing room so basically oh. like yeah, I'm not, I'm not the owner or anything. I'm just I just run the podcast and pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, so like, how do I make the story short? So, apart from this, I run another podcast, and then through mm -hmm. that podcast, I've met like the owner. His name's Omage, super sick guy. And then after we recorded an episode, like we we sort of kept in touch. And then I proposed this idea to him. I'm like, okay, I want I want to I want to do something like I want to help. I want like work with you and like build up clothing room a little bit. And then. I was like, all right, let's, I'm going to start a podcast for you. And then it's, that, that's pretty much, that's how I got involved. And it's pretty, pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Well, what, um, what brought you into fashion really? Uh, what piece was it? <laughs> <laughs> I have this joke where I say like, I bought a pair of Rick pants and it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> um, I think that's accurate. Yeah. So I started like with like menswear stuff kind of similar to yourself, like skinny jeans and like fitted everything. And then mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's, this is boring. And then I found YouTube fashion kind of thing, Instagram fashion, and then grailed eventually. And then downhill ever since pretty much just a it. rabbit hole from there. Yeah. No. I, I just, I just hope I don't end up in like hold like CCP and Guidi too soon. Cause there's not nowhere else to go from there. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough yeah yeah no, that's 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 pretty much it again thank you both for taking the time i know it's late there in australia and stuff so mm. yeah. is it morning there over for you or yeah it's, it's 10 in the morning yeah 10 45. oh fair enough so it's 12 hour difference yeah yeah cause it's 10 42 over here for us p.m yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah all right i'll let you guys go get some sleep <laughs> easy thank, thank you very much appreciate right. you all right. See ya.